guys, it's Jenny here from the God's Not podcast. And I'm here not only with my husband, Alex, but we also have another pair of Boatings with us today. Woo! So we have Lemwell and Golda Boating. And oh, guys, for those that don't know us, um, Lemwell is actually the brother of Alex. And Golda and I have the same surname because we're married to brothers, but we're also like best friends. So no, God is good, isn't he? All the time, sis. All the time. <laughs> So, guys, welcome to the God's Knot. How are you feeling? Good, yeah. good. Thanks for having us. Excited. Yeah. Good. Excited. It's exciting. We've been through a lot together, guys. So this is just another part of our journey together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, we're, we're so privileged to have you on here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to spend your time with us today. Yeah. So God bless you. So today we're going to be talking about... Um, being a motherless mother and not just that also, but becoming a wife when your mother unfortunately has had, has passed away. Mm. And so um, that is Golda's story. And I just really want her to, her and Lemwell to just talk a bit about their journey um, of, of that, that grief and that loss, but then also how they've been able to um, grow together as a couple without having that immediate role model as you know, a mother in Golda's case, or having a mother-in-law um, in Lemuel's case, um, and so the topic might be, you know, a little bit sensitive. Sensitive. Um, so, God, we're really grateful to have you on the show to just share some of your experiences. So, Golda, um, can we just start off with um, just what was your relationship like with your mum when you were younger, and if you can just talk a bit about when um, she passed away. So my mum and dad um, came to this country when they were both quite young. So I always used to really remember that my parents weren't like, they were African parents, but they weren't like African, African parents. So my mum worked for TFL and I think, and I think she just found herself quite engrossed in like Western culture. We grew up eating like pork chops and mashed potatoes for dinner. I didn't know if my mum really even made jollof rice that often. <laughs> like, it wasn't like my aunties were the ones who'd give me like banku and fufu and stuff. But I don't even remember my mum cooking those kind of things. Um, and she was just, yeah, she, she went for TFL and like everyone knew her because everyone could get like free travel from her. Um, on the trains because she had the T back then when TFL were both National Rail and the and like L- London Transport, it meant those who had worked for them could get free transport and everything. So my mum would be getting all these free passes for people. So she was very helpful. Like she was, she was just a very helpful person. And she knew how to get things done. I think I'm very much like her in my personality type um, and how I am. But that's how she was. Like if you needed something done, she'll get it done. Mm-hmm. If you needed, yeah, like, that's that's Golda. That is definitely Golda. She just very much like that. And I think she was a, a go-to person for a lot of things. But also she was just yeah, she was just very like determined. Her and my dad started a business in Israel. They went to Israel on holiday, saw that they met a garden community. All of a sudden it became like a weekend trade, taking things to Israel. And she was just very proactive, very determined. Um, and my and my dad was my dad was cool, like, but my dad was very different when my mum was alive. I think he was more, more strict. You guys would never believe that my dad was strict. He didn't bust strict how he used to how he bust strict now. He wasn't very carefree. He was just, I don't know, he was just very different. Um, but so my mum was probably the more carefree person in their relationship and she was probably the softer one in the relationship um, towards us. And so, yeah, she was very loving of her children, very, like, 
caring of them and she always wanted the best for us so yeah we should do she did the utmost best to help us and she she um was very friendly and she made a friend in your mom jenny jenny's mom and um that's how we became friends so she became your friend um your mom's friend sorry um and that's how we actually were introduced as family members because she became your friend i don't know where they met maybe somewhere in peckham i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> probably um the Ghanaian community in Marcy market <laughs> Um, and yeah, so we met there. Actually, God, my mum probably preached to her on Peckham High Street. She could have, and I, I think my mum got saved as well. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I think going, even though church really enhanced her as a person because she was just super helpful in church. And I just remember her being really helpful. Like, I could always be coming to her for different things, like all the time. Um, and I think I, I valued her, like, just to see her, like, a person people really valued, like, her life. Like, she was really. Um, lots of people's like helpful. They were like, oh, they will something. Ask for you, ask for you. She will help you. She will get it for you. Um, so yeah, I think I really valued that about about her or how people talk spoke about her. So Golda, would you um, would you say your mum was a good role model to you then? Yeah, no, definitely. From what I remember, definitely. Um, yeah, she was a very. Um, but yeah, from what I remember, I think sometimes yeah, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes in my childhood, if you feel like you can remember things, but you're actually you're not sure if that actually happened, or you're making it up because you're trying to fill a fill a gap well I feel like maybe that's just me but sometimes I'm not sure I'm not sure if that actually happened I'm trying to fill a gap but from what I feel like I can remember definitely she was definitely someone who I think I'm like or I I um have traits of and yeah yeah definitely yeah so and so um so you have fond memories I guess of your mum who she was as a mother as a wife um and probably yeah as Alex has asked you she was a good role model Yep. to you and for what you can remember yeah. um so can you talk a little bit about um her la- her latter years yeah. um you know her relationship with god um and, and maybe how she passed away and how that affected you yeah so she um as i said jenny's mum probably preached her one day um, and she got saved so she started going to church the same church that jenny's mum had been going up but at that time it was tgm and um for her like church became everything she was engrossed in church she was there um friday prayer meetings when it was five people like she was there she was just committed to the church um and i think sounds was, sounds just like you golda and uh, yeah okay. just like golda <laughs> basically like bishop PA, like literally doing administrative things for bishop and for the church um and so that became her life my dad didn't really didn't come to Christ at that point. We're still praying for him. So, um, but yeah, that was, so he wasn't, he wasn't like objective for her doing it. He just wasn't in it. Um, but he would come to like Christmas parties. He would come to things which were like general and quite like carefree, but he would know that like, you, you would see him come to church like once or twice a year, he might come. So anyway, she got diagnosed with the first time from cancer. When I think I was about like, maybe like eight or nine. Um, and it was very isolated and just in her breast tissue um, and she got that, she got that removed and it actually, it was, she, I think, oh, what's the word? She was given the all clear, um, probably not long after that, maybe like two years after that. Um, so were you, were you aware at the age of eight, um, of what cancer was and potentially what could, you know, become cancer? Because I think they were quite hopeful that having removed her breast tissue, everything would be fine. So yeah. they just told us that mummy has to have a surgery um she has to have this happen and after the surgery she should be fine and generally she had the surgery I think she had a few rounds of chemo and it was fine so she was given the all clear 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, because the outcome wasn't death, I don't think they never thought they had to have that conversation with us. They just told us that this will happen and that's that's the end of it and that it was really. And so she was fine. She went back, she didn't go back to work, I don't think full time, but she just slowly got her strength back and um yeah. became pretty much normal. And then when I was I think just before boarding school, before I went to boarding school, when I was in year six or probably just after I started, she So when you're about 11, 10, 11. Yeah, she um, had a, probably had a routine checkup. I think after cancer, you just have routine checkups. And I think they had a checkup, or maybe she was in pain, I can't really remember. Um, they had a check and she, the cancer was back and it had spread. And I think, I, think this, I think that often happens to people when they go into remission. And it, it spread so quickly that like, you know, it's like they have no control over it. So I think it spread like down her left side into her lymph nodes. Um, and it would just go really like multiplying quickly. And so... She went into chemo, like probably because it was probably at like stage like three or four now. They were like, yeah, we just have to try and start chemo ASAP. It's gone from the stage of like trying to remove it because it's spread. So let's just try and get her into chemo. So she started chemo again and it was probably like a more aggressive form. So I think at that point, my the parents did have a talk with me and Kwame. I think I don't know if Michelle was there or not, but they would they had to just tell us that it came back. And I think I actually remember that conversation. I think he told us in the in the living room. I think I was I mean, I was crying or I don't know. Michelle, I don't remember Michelle was there. I can't remember, but I think they told us, and they were just like, "Yeah, the the mummy's sick again, and she has to have chemo again, so she has to cut her hair again." And and I think I remember the first time she cut her hair. Well, I think I remember the yeah the first time she, I saw all her hair falling out during chemo, and then she and I was like, "Oh my god, your hair!" So what 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 was that like for you to see so your mum in that state? Yeah, the first time she, I was like, "I want your hair falling out," and she was just like, "Oh, because." I'm not feeling well and the drugs are hard on my body and um she'll just always just try and make you feel like it's okay like and I understand this looks hard for me but it's okay um so I, was, I think I just remember scenes of her in her room and like hair just coming out or she like running her hands through her hair um and so the second time yeah they I think they had to just tell us because what the doctors had told them so um they told us that yeah this is what they told us and she has to just start like chemo is like just back to back and so she's probably going to be in the hospital much more than she was um so she was going to the hospital more um spending long bouts in the hospital um and it was just yeah she just became weaker and weaker and it was christmas 2013 she had come home for christmas um because she had been in the hospital and she was like oh she's okay to come home she came over christmas and we had gone to my auntie mother's house i think and I think I was waiting up. Christmas had the Christmas day had like weigh, weighing down, and I think she had like a just had like a, either like a seizure or something or something where she just wasn't herself or wasn't breathing or something, and they were like so that was that was in public. Yeah, that was at my auntie mother's house, and so um, they just rushed her to hospital. So it was like we were there, and they were just like. I literally remember, like, in her, we were washing out all the girls, like, me and Zanti and my Michelle, like, washing up or something in the kitchen, and she was in the living room, I don't know, so I wasn't in the room, but something yeah. happened, and then they just, all they were, like, the ambulance come in, called the ambulance, someone called the ambulance, and they came, and they took her, so they took her, um, so that was Christmas Day, 2013, um, yeah, 2013, no, sorry, 2003, sorry, and then, um, she didn't come, so, yeah, eventually, she didn't come home to she didn't come home again, basically. So she died on the 24th of January. So she stayed in hospital on Christmas Day until she died on the 24th of January. So I went back to school 
um, after Christmas holidays. And I just thought, again, it was probably just going to be another long bout of her being in hospital. Yeah. Went back to school. Remember, went back to school. Um, and then she, we literally, I went to a netball match on a Saturday as I had every Saturday. Yeah. Um, came back from my netball match and like someone was waiting for my house mission, was like waiting for me. And, yeah. and she was like, I'll go down, um, need to come with me really quickly and speak to you. And I just, I don't know, it's it it just, I never thought she was going to say that to me because I just thought my dad would have called me or someone else would have called me. And so she called me and she was like, yeah, she sat me down in my, in my like, we're all the way back to the house. And I lived at the bottom of the, the trail and I just got back there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what, what? And she was like, oh, your dad's called and unfortunately your mum has passed away. And I was literally just looking at her and I was just like, and I started crying and, she, and then I was like crying like hysterically. But I think, Golda, I remember that day because we went to the same school, yeah. um, we went to the same boarding school, and I think actually they, I think, I'm not, I can't remember if they, the school told me or if, I just remember that day be, being told yeah. the same day that you found out. Yeah. Um, I think all my friends were told as well. So I think when I left Neville, because we came back um, and we would go to the dining hall, I think they went to the dining hall. I think maybe she was in dining hall. She was in work, she was waiting for me in dining hall. So I got up from the yeah. table and they were all still sitting there. We were like, what's happened? Obviously, we all thought as gold is in trouble. Like, literally. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. they were sitting there. Um, and I think they literally, like, when they told her, I think they came to find me, but I was being taken to go to my brother. And I went to go sit with my brother. And when I was literally like, sitting on his lap. And this is the first time I'd seen, I had sat on, my, sat on my brother's lap in, like, I don't know like 10 years of my life and we were just crying and I was just on his lap and then they came and they were like someone's gonna take you someone's come to pick you up to take you home to someone I don't know what uncle someone came to pick us up and drove us all the way home and then I just came home and it was just yeah it was just and my house was just full of people who were like crying and I was just like this is a lot this is yeah lot. so Golda yeah. I mean you heard that you heard the news through um a member of staff in the school yeah. um, as opposed to your dad yeah. calling you directly. How did you feel that he was feeling then at the time? I mean, to maybe it was, it was too much to communicate that message to you at the time and so it's best uh, to kind of through. I think Kwame was probably asking more, why didn't daddy call us? Cause he was older. So he was, he was 17. So he was much older than me. And I think for him, he felt like, why didn't daddy call? For me, I felt like, um, my mum's dead. Like, I didn't think about anything. I didn't even think about my dad. I'm not going to lie. But I think for him, he was just like, why did my housemaster tell me? Why didn't daddy call me? And I think he was angry at my dad for a long time as well about that because he just felt like, that's like, you should have you should have told. I could have told. And then he, I think he felt like he could have told me. Like, he would have come to find me and told me. He would have just kept it like, he's my big brother. He could have told me and he could have hugged me. But like, my dad told me and with Kwame sometimes it's hard to, you don't even know what side of Kwame you sometimes get and it was it was nice obviously like your big but he was like someone should have told me when we came he was like someone should have told me why didn't no one tell me um because my mom like my mom and he was so angry and like was the initial thing he was just so angry um and I was just like I don't know why people didn't call us but my dad didn't call us because my dad couldn't speak like he even, like, yeah I guess him. I guess for me like what I'm just hearing is probably the grief of a father at that time like not only the grief that he was carrying for his children, but the grief as a husband yeah. as well. And it was probably just too much for him to. He couldn't speak. To, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I saw him, but he he couldn't speak. He couldn't even speak. Um, 
and that he'll that he'll tell you now. Even today, even sometimes I talk to him today, he'll tell you that he lost his best friend and that he was he'll always be his best friend. He'll never love anyone like like he'll still he still uses those kind of phrases and those kind of words. Um, so Golda, so so your mum passed away when you were eleven years old, and I guess as well she she was a Christian. She served in the church. She was you know as you said one of the faithful you know members, loyal members that will always be there when others aren't there, and. I guess I just I just want to get your your view, like as an eleven year old child who was going to church, knew your mum was you know a Christian. In that moment, as a child, as a daughter, what was your initial reaction towards God um, and towards the world around you? Um, because this is all about you know how now your experience of being a motherless mother, mm-hmm. and in that moment when you were a child, how did you feel at that at that moment towards God, for instance. Mm. So I think I was confused because I think as well as knowing my mum had been in church, going to church with her, people were constantly praying for her. While she was still strong enough to go to church, she was going to church. Um, and it was part of her life and she never stopped. It was only when she physically couldn't be there when she wouldn't be there. And I think I was confused because it was like, you'd see all these prayers happening. Um, so that was one side of it, like what I actually saw physically myself. And then there was other side of, it, of my dad's view. So my dad obviously didn't go to church. And post her dying, I think a lot of things he like almost started resenting the church for because it's like he felt like she was, they were like taking a lot out of her, making her come to church when she wasn't even that strong. And even like times when she was in between chemo, she was back at home, for example, she'll try and go to church. All these things, he, he felt like it was just too much. So those things I saw, like the fact that she was able to go to church and when she was at church, you know, she was involved as best as she could and she was worshipping or whatever and people were praying for her. But then I also saw the fact that my dad just felt, he said things. So obviously as a child, you believe what he's saying um and he was just like very resentful and just I think there was even one conversation where he had or he was having it with someone else obviously I was listening and he was saying yeah she I think they had a season of fasting and she was on she's on chemo medication but she attempted to fast or something like that and he was like how can they tell her to do such a thing or how can they encourage her to do anything and I was as a child I was like oh my gosh why would they tell my mom to do that ultimately she died I was like is that like is that a normal thing that people in church do like did they make like did they caused was that a reason that she died? And so obviously you don't know who to ask to, to clarify these things. So I was just literally like, what does this mean? She like, does this mean the church is part and parcel of her death? I don't know. I was just it was just so confusing because he was saying things and I, I stopped going to church obviously because the person who took me to church wasn't there. And no yeah. one took me. And so I literally like just went on the wavelength that my dad was on and I was just like, clearly they don't really care for her and clearly like no one was there it was like while she was there with them they were all about her but when like I didn't I think I don't know if I, I even like, there probably were people who went to see her not like I couldn't remember even seeing the people who she was with, at church with were your emotions um against church or God would you say I think church because I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't know God I think it was church because for me church God was church like it was the people in church were, were God. Like, um, I went to church with my friends. I went to church because I had friends in church and I had a great time with my friends in church. And so why we were in church was not even a thing for me. Um, and so I, I didn't even think that God was any part of this. I just felt like they prayed, the people prayed to God, but 
the president work and I didn't blame God I just blamed the church it was it was the hurt was towards the church and I think because my dad also made it that like made comments like that it swayed me in that direction because he didn't have a relationship with God to even be angry at God I think he didn't he didn't think that was a part of it so to go to fast forward now um how did you come back to God how how did you build a I, I will rephrase that how do you build a relationship with God on the back of this experience so I think my life I think I became quite hardened as a person I think I was quite carefree when I was younger but I think I became quite hard as a person post my mum passing away and I think I adopted a lot of the feelings of probably of my friends around me who probably had been through a lot of maybe tough things in life as well and so their exteriors were quite tough and I think I saw the way they acted and I think I adopted that and people who probably knew me like when I was younger knew me, I just became quite quiet quite isolated just not very talkative and yeah my sister started going to church and she would always encourage me and invite me and I just wasn't having any of it and I just was just I just didn't have I just didn't have the patience for it. I just thought this like I it, I think I'd even moved away from the fact that my mom had died in church to so just that I don't really like I my life is okay. Like, I don't actually want to be at church. It's fine. It's okay. And so, and then got to a point of just having, like, just no feelings about it. Um, but I, I, my sister, obviously, people in church were praying for me. And I, one day I finished school, finished boarding school, and I was at home now. And I think an excuse I always used for Michelle was that I'm going back, we're going back on Sunday, so I can't even go to church and then rush back. I don't want to do all of that. So when I finished boarding school, I was at home on Sunday. I was like, literally, like, oh, what am I going to do now? Because like, I have no excuse. I'm not going back anywhere. Like, I, now I was like, someone invites me to church. I can't even be like, I'm going back to school. So I was like, oh, what am I do? So then I literally got up one day and went to the only church I knew. But Golda, sorry. So I want to just get to that point. How did you just get up one day and decide to go? Like, obviously, the church has been praying. Your sister's been praying. So at this moment, for you, it's just like, I just got up one day. Yeah. But for someone else, it's like, Answered prayer. I'll be praying for this girl. When I sat at home, I was sitting in my house in Peckham in the, on the couch. Michelle had already left for church, and I was like, "Oh, like I literally, I was like, so now I'm at home. I probably do, like I, I don't know. I felt like now I had the rest of my life in front of me, and I wasn't going to uni um that year. I'd taken a gap year, and I was like, okay, so I'm at home. I hadn't had a, I hadn't got a job yet. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I actually going to do now? What, like, I woke up. I'm, I'm someone, like, I usually kind of, I just like to keep myself busy. Um, not, like, necessarily go out, but, like, know that I'm doing something, I know that I've got something to do. And I, I literally got up that day and I said, I'm sure, I'm going to church when I come. like, no. And then um, she left and I was sitting there, literally watching TV, and I was like, what am I going to do for, like, the rest of the year on the Sunday? How am I going to, like, fill my time? And I was like, well, I guess I, maybe I could just go, I don't know, I, could, I, I think I was battling myself, like, could I go to church, is that a thing, should I, am I allowed, I don't know, so I was like, okay, let me just go, but I, I think, I, if I had known another church, I probably would have gone there, I think I, I think I felt too many things to TGM, to even want that to be my first trip, I didn't know where else to go, I thought, I can't go, like, only other church I knew was my primary school Catholic, and I thought, that's my, that is dead, I'm not going there, and I was like, I, let me go to the only church I knew, and then, so I thought, okay, I'll go there. I, I literally need no other church, no other like. So I got, and I literally, the one material of what, you, what I answered prayer was to other people. I think I only felt when I walked in the door. I didn't, I did not think it was that big of a deal at all. 100%. I literally wow. walk in and it'll just be like, okay, cool. But I literally walked in and let me tell you, literally, everyone was literally like, you guys can't see me, but I literally like eyes turned and like, we're like, literally. literally I've, I've known Golda a long time and I got saved at a time where 
for her, she was drawing further away from church and from God. And Golda, as she said, did become really cold, really hard, like wasn't giving you nothing. I could go to her house to see her sister and she wouldn't even smile at you to say hi. So when she stepped into church, we were all like, what? Golda's here. Um, and I just think it's amazing just to encourage people like, Golda, how long was that from when your mum passed away for you coming to church? Well, I was like five, six years um, between when my mum passed away and the first time I came back to church. I didn't come back to anything. I'm sure told me there was a youth conference. There was this, I'm doing this. I wouldn't have, I would not go there. I had. I, th- I think, I think the last time you came was probably at your mum's funeral. Yeah. That was it. And I did not come. Nothing could move me to come there. Michelle could tell me that she was pouring out her soul on the stage. <laughs> I would not go. I said, I'm not going. And, and, and just to encourage, like, listeners, um, Golda was a prayer point. Golda's yeah. name was on someone's prayer yeah. list. Yeah. And it took five, six years of her rejecting God for her to one day just wake up just like that and be like, okay, I'll show up. So, like, God bless all those that prayed. God bless Michelle. Like, you know, your name was on that list. And just to give people, it might take one year, it might take four years, it might take five years, but, you know, it took it took five to six years. Um, and today, Golda, how long have you been saved? Um, coming up for 12 years. Wow. 12 years. And a church faith. leader. And a church leader. And a church founder as well. So, <laughs> an apostle. <laughs> But it, it, it shows you that, you know, when we look at scripture, First Thessalonians 5, 17, in the L- NLT version, it says, never stop praying. That's and, and that's why we should never stop praying, because you never know when that time is mm. that that person will come back to God yeah. or God's yeah. grace will find that person, that individual, yeah. or yeah. when God's ready to move in that individual's life. No matter how far gone you feel they've, you know, they've gone mm. and or how cold their hearts may seem, yeah. Um, yeah. God can still have an, an encounter with such an individual. Yeah. And I always say that if he can do it for Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, then anyone is a candidate for the saving grace of Jesus. Yeah. And so, Golda, before we go into um, you becoming a wife and pulling Lemuel into the conversation, um, how now as a Christian, a mature Christian who's, you know, Apostle apostle Golda, you know, starting a ministry in a church, operations queen, sold out for the Lord Jesus, um, how do you make sense of your mum's passing Mm. Um in the light of her, you know, dying in the Lord as a Christian, how do you make sense of, of, you know, her healing not happening in the way that, you know, we expect it to, just to speak to someone who might be grappling with that yeah. notion? Yeah. So when I, thought, I think when I first came to Christ, I think it was probably one of the things I wanted to try and, um, like, just for there to be peace in my heart about that. And I think the first day, when, of all things, obviously, I, I, don't, I don't think I was, like, I probably had probably like more like pride issues and attitude issues. Like I don't think I was someone who came with like sexual sin or anything like that. And so I think what I wanted to really deal with is this, um, the, everything that was in my heart around my mum, just knowing, like trying to understand, like not necessarily why God caused her to pass away, but for him to give me peace that she passed away for a reason. And I, and I, I truly believe that. Like now today, if someone asked me today, like I, I do not think my life would be as it was if my mum was alive. I think that her her dying was part 
part of my part of my redemption in Christ, even if it sounds harsh, even if it sounds yes. like not what people want to hear, but it was part and parcel of that. I cannot deny that. And I don't think if she had, if that, I could have probably lived a very different lifestyle for a very long time, her being there and just being my mum's God. And I could have, that yeah. could have lasted for a much longer time. Um, but yeah. the choice I made she didn't have to make, she didn't push me to make it. My dad wasn't encouraged me to go to church. And so no one in yeah. the house was make, forcing me to do anything. It was a choice I made. Um, yeah. It was a choice I saw my sister make day in, day out, week in, week out. And I think it was, that was even probably, like, I saw my, my sister was committed to something. She was part of a family. She was part of something. And I just, I almost felt, I almost felt left out. But I didn't know what I felt left out of because I've been so detached from it for so long. But I could yeah. see she was part of something. I could see that people cared for her. I could see people were around her. I could see she she was she was she she just had like a joy I, that I didn't yeah. I knew I didn't have. And mm. when I came to Christ, I wanted to just get peace about that and understand that. And I and I came to that. That was my first I think that was one of my biggest learning curves in coming to Christ. That my mum passing away was part of my redemption, like part of my redemption to Christ. And I can't deny that. And I have to be understanding that and that not may not be for everyone. Like some people mm. could pass away when they're forty, but it still hurts. Um, but I think in my in my journey, in my walk, in my life, and I and I and I do believe that Michelle could tell you the same thing. Like Michelle's journey to Christ, if her mum hadn't passed away, who knows the life she mm. would have lived. But I was very good. I was very grateful that I came to this understanding in my journey because it just gave me like a solace that even though my mum passed away, it doesn't mean my life is going to be hindered in any way. Like, it's it's not going to be hindered because I don't have a mum in, like, in to, to to guide me. I have a God who guides me daily. I have a Holy Spirit who guides me daily. And I think is why one of the biggest things for me has been the guidance of the Holy Spirit because the things that you would maybe use your mum as a yeah. board or get your mum to yeah. confirm with you or have an inner spirit to confirm with you, he is, he is that for me. And I've, I've yeah. found that to be the truth like time and time again, even when things are like, because um, I think what happened for me was that a lot of people tried to be my mum, which I, and I felt yeah. before Christ, probably I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But I think after Christ, I, felt, I just feel like I don't need it. I don't actually need that. Like I have, I, yeah. I feel like I have what I need um, yeah. in life in God. And it's, I feel like you're forcing me to want something which I feel I've now become content with in God. Yeah. Um, so before we go deep into that di- or go further into that direction, um, I want us to again fast forward to you know your courting and getting married to Lemwell. And so um, Lemwell, um, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about you. You know, we're just giving your wife the stage to warm up. He's the silent assassin, <laughs> the silent one. Mm-hmm. But Lemwell's a powerful guy. He's got to come with the gems, Bishop Lem. Um, but Lemwell, I guess for you. Um, did did you feel like Golda was open with her feelings around having um, lost her mother in your relationship, or was it something that she didn't really speak about and you didn't really probe about? Um, yeah, I think she was she was pretty open about the whole situation. I think because I hadn't been in a relationship, well, I hadn't gone out with anyone to be honest. Um, let alone first loves, first loves, yeah, first loves, <laughs> love at yeah, first sight, love at first sight, the whole process was just new to me so I was I think I was very inquisitive it had been new to me so I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing I wanted to get the 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 crucial dates down you know I mean what actually happened um where 
I think there was a time that we even went to where she was buried, you know what I mean, sat down, dropped some flowers. Um, but I was, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty open to, to Golda was open as well in terms of like asking questions and stuff and answering them. Um, and I, I did feel like it was a very um, sensitive subject, but I felt like, like you said, love at first sight, this is the lady that I, I am going to and I want to marry. So I, I need to I need to know these things. So I just yeah, mm. just by the way. Yeah. So so Lem, I, I mean, yeah, definitely you're you've made it aware that it was a sensitive, you know, topic. Did you did you always felt did well did you feel that you had to be cautious in the language um, and how to approach um, so certain discussions? Yeah, and anniversaries yeah. and yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, and the funny thing is, I'm not one to remember, because I was new to like a relationship as well, like we said. So it was a thing where I wanted to, obviously you watch certain programs on TV and you see people forgetting crucial dates, you know what I mean? And I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want it to be my life, yeah. you know what I mean? Let alone forgetting when the person that you love, their mum passed away. So I made it a must to remember. And mm. it, and the beautiful the beautiful thing about being in a relationship is that you get to know one another. So yeah. even prior to, obviously, I wasn't too inner. I let the you know what I mean. I let us get to know each other, and then I started to ask more questions. And then when I felt that cool, she was um, comfortable with me asking these questions. Then I just yeah, just kept on asking. To be honest, I guess when you guys got to the point in your relationship relationship where you know you got married and now um the two have become one yeah. Golda in that moment the lead up to your wedding do you how did you feel about your mum not being there did it did it become more apparent that I've lost my mum at this time or not really like I just want to get into your mindset as you got closer to the wedding day I think my my wedding probably not so much only because by then, I think I had, like, um, in my mind, other people had, like, I, as I said, I felt like I didn't need, like, someone to be my mum, but I felt like there were motherly figures who I had adopted on my own, like, out of my own choice. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that you you adopted mothers. Yeah, yeah it was a choice that I made, and I think that's what I wanted, but I think that people just didn't really give me the room to do that, and they were just forcing it, but I think I did that. You know, your mum was someone who I had adopted as, a mother figure in my life and so for me um I had chosen to to involve her in certain parts of my process and at the time my dad had um a partner and so I'd also try my best to involve her when where where I could yeah um in different parts of the wedding process but she was very like non-forcible anyways the whole time my her relationship with my dad so she would just be willing to do whatever I asked her to do um, but with your mom, I feel like I should, like, I really wanted her to be that. And so I ch- chose as much as I could to involve her where, wherever I could. Um, and so that was okay. I think actually my wedding was okay. Cause just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like there were big parts. Maybe, well, maybe, yeah, maybe I didn't feel like there were big parts that I missed having a mum there. I think probably the bigger, bigger part was just, in motherhood I felt like obviously getting married meant I could become a mother that was that was the news but the reality of it is I'm going to be married mm-hmm. and therefore I'm going to now can become a mother so did, so did you think about becoming a mother without your mum before you became a mum 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's... So what types of things were did you think and, and what triggered those thoughts? So I think the fact that you see, or you you would think... Because the first person you would ask about becoming... Like, speak about becoming a mum was with your mum. And so even, like... I think even, I think I remember thinking about if I got pregnant, would I, how would I tell my dad? I feel like it's like your, your mum will tell your dad for you. I don't know. <laughs> it's like you tell your mum and your mum just tells your dad, like, oh, you know... Um, She's pregnant. <laughs> or something. <laughs> but I just feel like those things you tell your mom, right? And um, she's the first person you can ask. Like, it's just the, the, the questions you can unload to her. Like, okay, tell me how your birth was. Tell me how your this was. Tell me how you... Because she had you. Mm. She has, she's your first person just to go to and just reel off all the questions you could possibly mm. have. Um, yeah. And I think, did, you talk to Lenwa, did you talk to Lenwa about those concerns? I don't think I did. Did I? I don't think I did. I think it was all in my head. I just felt like um, I did. I, I think I think I felt like it was a burden. I think because of the kind of like as Lemo was saying, he was he very was very intentional about remembering dates, and I think I was like that in the beginning with my mum. Like I would remember yeah. the day that she passed away. I felt like I think that day was a day, and I, but as I've grown, it's become less and less a thing for me. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. by the time we were married. Um, it wasn't a thing. If he didn't ask me, like, I'll have friends. I literally have friends who will still text me that day and be like, I'm thinking of you. But I sometimes literally, like, the day can pass me by, like, now. But, so, I think as we, yeah, as we, as we, by the time we got married, it wasn't a thing for me anymore. So, I think I didn't want to now come back to this space where I became, I, I think I felt like I will burden him if I now was coming mm. back to this place where I was now, like, think, making my mum a thing. Because yeah. I had yeah. less, less and less, like, sad about it if I don't know yeah and so I think in my head I was just all in my head I'm thinking yeah who am I gonna ask these questions who am I gonna um say oh I'm having this guy or I'm doing this or what was yours like or what I don't know it's just all I could hear all I could know about my mum's labor or birth pregnancy is my dad mm. and that guy yeah the half story and it's like yeah I think this is what happened or whatever and so yeah. I was just like I, I just felt I think I just felt in the sadness but I just yeah. never expected it that I can't do that with anybody. And I, I think I could. I think I could, but I think I wanted to do it with the person who had me. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Mm. to be the person mm. who had me and I couldn't ask her. So I think that's, there was an inner sadness. But I, did, I, do, I did keep it to myself, I'm not going to lie to you. I did keep it to myself. I, did, I think I should have shared, but I think at the time, yeah, as I said, I didn't want to go back to that place where I was now becoming the golden who was like sad. And because I think I told him one day, probably like a year after or two years after my mum passed away, on the day she passed away um, at school, it was a Sunday. And literally, I was sad the whole day. And then I got a pizza. And my friends were like, oh, um, or they're like, what do you want to order today? And I was like, okay, let's get a pizza. And I literally got a pizza by myself. And I just sat there eating by myself. And I was so sad. And, were, and I think I told him that story. And he was just like, okay, wow, this is this is heavy. So <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I just, but L- Lemma, did you ever feel like it was too heavy? It wasn't too heavy to handle, to be honest. Because I was, to be honest, I felt like I... I would do anything within my power to make her feel, you know what I mean, comfortable and in good hands. Yeah, but I think I think it was also heavy just because I think and if you have some, if you've never experienced death so close, you yeah. probably just it's just not it's not a comp it's like a like a feeling mm. to comprehend yeah. like someone in your close proximity. Yeah, dies. yeah, right. And that's what I was very careful with as well. I didn't want to talk like I like I'm talking from a place of experience. Mm. That's something mm. I didn't want to do. I didn't want to act like I had been there before because at the time I hadn't lost anyone close to me mm. like you lost your mum, yeah. to be honest. That's, that's what I was saying about being cautious and 
your approach and your language because you know you can you can say the wrong thing quite easily yeah. um and and it could trigger something completely you know yeah yeah different that could spiral into yeah. something that you didn't expect yeah. um so i guess it's yeah i guess what i'm saying is for people who are listening always approach these kind of conversations with wisdom mm. uh, and, and understanding and um, understanding not that oh i know where you're coming from but understanding from the place that i don't know where you're coming from yeah, yeah. um and, and i'm not trying to cross that 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 barrier that or those yeah. boundaries to act like i do because i can imagine go that the most annoying thing is people acting like they know what you're going through yeah. or yeah. how you and Michelle were suffering and Kwame were suffering. Yeah. Um, that must have been annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Back onto the fact that I was thinking about being a mum without a mum before I even became a mum. When I actually got pregnant, I think I was like, yeah, um, in my head, so the, it, in the toilet, I was in your house when we were living in your house. <laughs> so in the toilet when I, when I, took the pregnancy test and I was and literally like flooding to my head and I was like oh like this is it now like I wish I could tell my mum and so I was so like, you thought you thought that in that moment in that moment I was like I wish I could tell my mum but then I was like I'm just tell my husband with joy and so I did that and I came out and I was just like I think I I thought about it and I just swept it under the cup I was like I can't and I was so sad obviously but I, like, I can't but it's fine um so I but I think I think Golda that's okay to like revisit grief because it's a trigger like obviously she died when you were 10 11 years old and now fast forward a decade over a decade later you find in a position where you are now becoming a mum yeah and it is it is there's no burden that you can put on someone else to say you know I miss my mum in this moment yeah and I think that's I think allowing yourself to grieve like all our listeners those that don't know Golda she's someone who can just show you what she wants to show you and it's very hard to like you know sometimes even even me as her one of her bestest friends even I sometimes don't know what to say you know on the day that her mom passed away do I just not say anything or do I because but um I think Golda like what would you say for a listener who probably is like you and just probably is you know more of an introvert person especially when it comes to your emotions like what would what advice would you give them about how to handle their emotions, even when it seems to come in like a flood mm. that you don't expect. I think what I've learned is to accept the feeling mainly and just, um, some, yeah, accept, as you said, sometimes like accept them and, and own them. Because I think there's nothing wrong with being upset. I think for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with it. And I just didn't, mm. I just didn't like that. And so I was like, Especially as I grew older, I was like, yeah, if I, like, a year after it happened, two years after it happened, but I li- literally, like, I, in my head, I'll be like, 10 years after I've become a girl, you can't be, like, getting upset anymore, like, it's been yeah. a minute, do you know what I mean? And so I started to actually have, like, this dislike to being upset about it. Um, so mm. I hate when people would be, like, like, post 10 years, be like, oh, um, even, sh- even down to, like, my sister, and I know it was from a place of, like, love, and she'd be like, yeah guys on this day i just want us to remember and all these things i'll be like oh my days like should I have this? like can we just i would literally feel like let's not can we not do this again again this year yeah. or something mm. and i got to, i literally got to that place where i was like i don't want to feel this feeling i don't mm. and i was and i think i was really getting upset myself if i ever felt upset um but 
as I've, I've got older, so like I just have to own the feeling. And at the time, it can be hard. I can you literally like you take you take yourself right back, and you think to yourself, "Oh, but what is, is the but is the what ifs? It's all the what ifs that come to your head. Like if she was here, this could have happened. If she was here, my dad would have still been with her. We still I could have there'll be a place where my kids can go to grandma's house. There's all these things coming to your head. It's like the all the what ifs. Um, but then but then I always I always come to the um. But if not, like, that's what I always try. Like, mm. if not, mm. before, I may not have gone to church that day. I may not have never have met my husband and I would never have two children. Like, yeah, two children I have today. If not, like, if not, yeah. I understand the eye wishes and the um, what ifs, the what ifs. But if not, if not that, like, if, if that had not happened, my life wouldn't be what it is today. Like, I can't tell you what my life would be. And that is, that is where. I can I find my like I come back and I find my joy and I can say that my life today is a blessing like I'm I'm blessed in my mm-hmm. life today and and as I said that is part of my life and it's okay to be as you said it's okay to be sad and I've, as I grow up it's okay to be sad but it's also also okay to be joyful in the fact that my mom died in Christ I know she's mm-hmm. in heaven but her like her life her legacy of life is part of mine like it's part of mine also and so I can be sad I can think about the what is back and also say. Like, um, if it hadn't happened, this is not like my today. Golden today would not be golden today. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do come to that, back to that place. Um, and I think the person who's an introvert, um, yeah, I think you just have to be you. So be be comfortable in who in who you are, and don't let people force you to be who you don't want to be. If you're not mm-hmm. like a crier out open, don't feel like you know have to be wailing on the day your mum passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, grieve how you want to grieve. But I think just being open around at least the people around you, so they know like. What I've also always said to people is just, I don't have to say anything. I can be anyways. Like I know, I know my sister. My sister loves a text message or a call on that day, and I'll do that for her. But if she didn't text me, if no one texts me, I'd be fine. And I want people. I think I expressed that to Lemwa as I've grown up. Like you don't have to remember. Like he'll sometimes a week after he'll go, he'll be looking at my phone and be like, "Ah, oh, was last week your mom's birthday?" Because I have one friend who will always text me. And was like, was it last yeah. week? And I was like, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, "Oh," and I think he wants to go like. And then he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but at first, I think he always felt like, oh, no, did I miss something? Did I do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, mm-hmm. not at all, because I want you to know that for me, it's not, I don't need you to keep remembering. I, I don't need you to keep remembering or telling me it's okay. It's so because on, on those days, do you remember? I, I, I've, I've had those days. I've had years I haven't remembered. I've had days it's gone past, and just in the season of life, I haven't remembered. I think the, the year that, um, I don't remember what year, but I think I've had de- definitely had the days where I haven't remembered mm. um, until later, or someone's texted at the end of the day, um, and they and they said it to me, um, and I'm like, oh yeah. And I've had days, I've had um, times that day I've remembered, and it's just been like replaying in my mind, like constantly, the day, because like, I think there's, the thing I remember the most is. I went to we went to we went to the hospital, and um, I think me and Kwame went. I don't know if Michelle went. I think me and Kwame went because um, we went back, or we went to the morgue. Sorry, like the day after, um, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to see her?" And my dad was like, "Okay." So he went in, came out, and they were like, "Me and Kwame, do you want to see her?" And then Kwame was like, "Okay." So he was like, "Just come, just come." So then I went in, and then they were like, "Oh." Do you want to say anything? And I 
was like no or something like that and then they were like oh do you want to like hold her hand or do you want to like give her a kick or, I don't know I don't know what they said and I was just like no and then I lived for so long I was like oh should I have should and I just kept yeah. playing that mm. should I have should I have like is yeah that the right thing to do and I, I think I was actually just like taking it back like but she's dead or whatever but yeah but then I was like that's my mom like why did I feel that way and I think that kept going mm. the same thing happened on her the weight keeping where they had the case open but that was yeah scary because I think when they make up dead people it's just a bit scary but I was just like oh my gosh and it was just the whole thing okay like scenes like that will just keep going round and round and round like why mm. didn't you why didn't you why didn't you but yeah yeah so there's been days where I have I've just had those replay in my mind but yeah some sometimes I, I, I don't like it come January 24th next year it won't be a day I think I sit around and have a yeah. bit with myself but yeah I think it's, yeah. it's my strength I think it's definitely part of my strength I think um it's yeah definitely all I can say it's made me who I am today yeah so and, and I I definitely agree with that it's definitely made you who you are today Golda yeah. so um I mean fast forwarding you're now holding your first child um Brielle how did that feel holding your your, your baby daughter. and your, then a daughter, your daughter as well. <laughs> in your hands yes I think when I found out I was having a girl I think I was happy I was definitely happy I think I felt like actually I can like whatever whatever I missed with my mom obviously I, by God's grace I could do that um with Bria and then when she came I don't know I, I'm not gonna lie to you I don't know if I I um dwelled on the fact that she didn't have a grandma I thought there were people in my life as I said who had adopted as my mother who could be a grandma and she has, and she has a grandma on her yeah exactly like people she can call grandma um so that's not that's she doesn't lack in that at all and so um yeah I don't think I've ever felt like Brielle has missed something because she doesn't have my mum as a grandma yeah um, mm. so yeah so it wouldn't like, but, it, but in in the moments of motherhood Brielle's only what four years old mm. has there been any pertinent times where you thought I wish my mum was here to see this or or not really or not really I think not really I think there was probably one time where I think as she's got older even well, probably it was not even being this lockdown season where she's it's just you know, sometimes, you know they can just make it like a gross but like they're understanding sometimes you know? yeah and I think she's uh, she asked that like, fully understanding that you have a mum and dad and I also have yeah. a, a, a dad so she knows who my dad is now she's like but if you ask her who's grandpa and she sees the picture, yeah. like that's mummy's daddy but I think yeah. I looked in this coach and she was like, so where's your mummy? And I was like, oh, she's in heaven. She was like, what does that mean? I was like, oh, she died um, when I was little. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, so she was like, so when will I see her? <laughs> I was like, because I also told her that in pictures when she asked me where Ava was, I always say Ava was in heaven. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do with Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ava was in heaven. She's like, oh, where's Ava? Oh, heaven, heaven with God. And she was like, oh, okay. So I was, so I was, and she literally be like, because Ava was in heaven, mummy, isn't it? And then she, she came later. So yeah. So then she, so then she was like, so was Ava in heaven with your mummy? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I think that like, that's just probably as much as she's asked me. 
Uh, but not yet, not yet. I think the did, that, did that question take you aback when she asked you? Were you shocked? I was shocked because I, I didn't realize she was now gathering the thoughts that I have a dad, like fully understanding that Lemma has a mum and dad. I have a mum, well, a mum and dad. I had a mum and dad, and that who might. But then she was, I think, it literally dawned her like, I've never met your mummy because mm. who's like, yeah. who's your mummy? Um, yeah. And her saying that, and she was like, so who's your mummy? And I was like, oh, she's not alive. And she did obviously she didn't feel sad by it because she said no, she doesn't really understand the concept of death mm. to meet her. But I think I think times will come. I think there will be times will come where I wish I had a mum and I wish she was here to say for me to say, Oh mummy, was I like that? Or how was yeah. that? Um, yeah. I, I don't think they have reached yet because I, I don't feel like they have yet. But I think there will be times and that I think that will come. Mm. I do I do feel like that will come. Um and I think I'll just have to face it when it comes but I'm yeah, yeah. I'm grateful I'm even I, I was so surprised that she asked me and so obviously I need to work through that whole Ava was in heaven thing for her to answer that Ava wasn't <laughs> but I would I would say that I think um you know yourself and Michelle have been uh, incredible you know inspiration and and role models to to people who have gone through um a similar experience Um, And the way you guys have conducted yourselves um, in the faith and and where God has brought you both today is is remarkable Um, and and it's very encouraging. And the fact that you're on here um, today on the podcast, sharing your experience as well, um, giving hope um, to someone else on the other side listening um, is, is, is a testimony to how far God has brought you. Definitely, definitely, and I think also what I've learned is just even not even my personal walk, but just those around me who walk is that is that God heals. So, Golda, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us, and I know it's not the easiest thing for you to do. And thanks, Lem, for standing by and encouraging. And what was that, Lem? Holding her hand. Hold her hand, yeah. And sometimes, as a spouse, that's what you just need to do. Yeah. It's yeah. not necessarily about the words that you have to no. say. You know, particularly, you're not a mom, you're not a female, you're not a woman, yeah. but all you can do is hold your wife's hand at yeah. this time. And I'm sure um, that message resounds much louder than yeah. the voice that you might have had on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, but just being there for your wife in moments like this are crucial yeah. for a marriage in Christ. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Awesome. Amen. So we love you guys. We love you guys. Hey, Lemma's doing smoochies on our <laughs> podcast. Get a room. Get a room. <laughs> so guys, thanks for tuning in to the God's Not podcast. We look forward to meeting again. Yeah.